The polls are still open. Yes, it is election day in Georgia and various parts of the nation for local races. If you're over in Monroe, my buddy Ross Bradley is on the ballot. District 3 over there for the City Council of Monroe. Uh, Go vote for Ross Bradley. Uh, Other than my brother-in-law, perhaps the only decent person to ever come out of the University of Mississippi. Even if he is a Georgia boy, so we won't hold that against him. Um, eh, We got a lot of news today about the gunman coming out, particularly I'm watching CNN and the headline is that he broke out of a mental hospital uh, in 2012. Uh, This is Devin Kelly, the gunman of the church in Texas. He was convicted, and I need to explain now. I've talked to several friends of mine, including a couple of JAG officers, and they have explained why he was a discharge for bad conduct as opposed to a dishonorable discharge. Uh, and the reason is this. Um, to do a dishonorable discharge, uh, there is a general court martial, which is a bigger deal. And you can appeal it um, if for a very long time. And so most people, other than the really heinous stuff, most people are processed through a conduct for bad discharge. And in a conduct for bad discharge, they have a special court martial, not a general court martial, which is more limited, more limited rights of appeal. Uh, and it is a quicker process. So they can get rid of bad characters more quickly for uh, various violations. And the military does take spousal abuse situations seriously, but spousal abuse typically does not rise to the level of a dishonorable discharge because dishonorable discharge uh, largely has to do with things done in uniform uh, that bring disgrace as opposed to just things that are done while you're in the military, things done in uniform being a key part of it. Um, Hope that brings some clarity to it. Uh, There's no reason to call in and keep adding to the record, Um, but uh, that that should explain why they did it that way. Uh, Why they only left him in jail for a year is another matter entirely, and what we're seeing here now are a bunch of politicians. There's Chris Murphy from Connecticut, an anti-gun zealot in Congress, and they keep throwing out ideas about gun control, but what we are seeing here now is that the system failed because he was prohibited by law from owning a gun. The Air Force has admitted, uh, we talked about this yesterday, the Air Force admitted they failed to file documentation with the FBI that would go onto the database used for instant background checks. Likewise, because he escaped from a mental health facility in 2012 uh, related to his domestic abuse situation, that also should have been placed in the file. There's now an investigation to determine why, um, why he did this. Now, one of President Trump's nominees is saying it's insane civilians can buy assault rifles, and I don't know which nominee that is. I will find out and tell you, and hopefully they will disqualify the guy, whoever it is, because there's no such thing as an assault rifle. I mean, even the Washington Post is willing to admit that. What we have here, though, is a failure of the existing system. He was, he was not allowed to buy a gun. It was illegal for him to own, possess, or transport a gun under existing law, and yet he did because of a document 
data entry failure by the Air Force, among other things. He was only stopped because of a law-abiding citizen. And I do have to tell you, uh, a buddy of mine, Dan McLaughlin, makes a great point that we should not be cheering on the fact that an armed civilian stopped this individual. We should recognize the fact that that is a desperate gasp of the last of Western civilization when armed citizens are having to gun down other citizens um, who come to kill members of a church. And I think he's probably right on that. So... Jeff Flake, the outgoing senator from Arizona, he is uh, working with a Democrat, Martin Heinrich. Uh, who is Martin Heinrich, a senator that none of you have probably ever heard of? He's the senator from New Mexico. They intend to pass legislation to prohibit anyone convicted of spousal abuse from ever owning a gun. Now, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, huh, why isn't it illegal? Why hasn't Congress ever done this before? You would think it would be a no-brainer that Congress would have already passed a law that would say if you're convicted of domestic spousal abuse, you can't own a gun. Guess what? They did in 1996. It was called the Lautenberg Amendment. In 1996, Congress already passed the law that Jeff Flake says he's going to introduce. You know, I would be more willing to listen to the people who have serious concerns about gun control if I actually thought they knew what they were talking about. Democrats are rushing out now blasting the National Rifle Association as a terrorist organization when it was a member of that organization who stopped the gunman. And they're showing how much money the National Rifle Association has given to members of Congress. Do that for Planned Parenthood and the abortion lobby, please. Because the NRA doesn't have any terrorists in its membership, despite what the Democrats say. But Planned Parenthood actually manages the slaughterhouses of human beings and then defends the slaughter of those human beings with the rhetoric of slave owners. Yes, I mean, you guys do understand that the rhetoric in defense of abortion rights in this country is the exact same rhetoric used by slaveholders in the South before the Civil War. Instead of it's my property, it's my body. But it's my body, my property. Yeah, you can't do that. You, you've got to walk in my shoes. You, you don't understand. We've got crops. Well, yeah, I, I've got, got libido to deal with. I mean, on and on and on, every single argument raised by pro-abortion activists is identical to an argument raised by slave owners in the South before the Civil War. Just call it property or call it body. It, it, the same thing. And yet these people have the audacity to attack the National Rifle Association who has a member who, because of his training, was able to stop a monster from killing other people on Sunday. It's really hypocritical, I think, for the people who participate in the wholesale murder and ripping apart of human beings to attack a member of the National Rifle Association who was able to prevent a monster from carrying out more killing.
And that is a fact that an NRA member did this. The police are calling the man a hero. And, you know, by the way, he pointed out he had to have an AR-15 to do it. Yeah. Yeah. The the good guy with the gun had an AR-15. And AR, by the way, doesn't stand for assault rifle. I realize many liberals think that. I Honestly, folks, I, I'm willing to have a conversation about things we can do. But I think we first need to recognize that the current system we have uh, has failed, and maybe we should make sure the current system works before we start adding on top of that. Uh, the National Rifle Association has come out today and said they had a meeting with Joe Biden when he was vice president, and they pointed out, for example, the number of people who try to get guns every year who fail the background check, by and they lie, and they're never prosecuted. And he said, well, we can't expect the federal government to enforce all the existing gun laws. Well, if you can't expect the federal government to enforce the existing gun laws, how are you going to get more? Yes, Joe Biden Biden said that. And yet all of these people, they want a political solution to a spiritual problem. We're not talking about mental health. We're not talking about how this guy got to the state. We never were allowed to have that conversation with the killer in Sandy Hook. It all had to be gun control, gun control, gun control. But all they want to do is take away your guns and they can't because of the Second Amendment. Why won't they have the conversation about faith and spirituality and and just why are so many young men in this country turning towards violence? What's going on in the culture? But they can't have that because it would be a recognition that the liberal social order of Hollywood that is so rampant among illiberalism today has failed us. It's 26 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Y'all... Doc Halliday has died in a plane crash in Florida. Um, my, I have a very dear friend who is a huge Philadelphia fan and is just devastated by this news. 40 years old. You know, I, I have reached the age now where all sorts of people in the news are younger than me, and it really makes me feel old. It really does. I mean, some of the people that I just have cheered on and, and liked and paid attention to to realize they're actually younger than me. My goodness gracious, he was one of them. Um, I want to spend just a minute here on the adoption tax credit because a number of you have emailed overnight saying, look, we support adoption, but surely we can get rid of this tax credit. And I agree. In fact, if Congress... We're going to give us a flat tax and get rid of all the deductions and credits. I would support it wholeheartedly. Just give us all a 10%, 15% flat tax, everybody. But they're not doing that. They're still giving credits and deductions. And they're picking and choosing based on lobbyists, which they're going to keep. And they're keeping the charitable deduction, which is fine, although I think you can get rid of the charitable deduction because I would still give to charity with or without a deduction. But the adoption tax credit, the Republicans believe you should score dynamically these sorts of things, and they're not scoring it dynamically. Uh, you give people $13,490 in the abortion tax credit, or the abortion, the, the adoption, oh my goodness. See, they're funding Planned Parenthood. That's where my mind is. They're funding Planned Parenthood. They're not funding the adoption tax credit. You, you do this, and you take kids out of foster care and off the rolls of, of state welfare agencies, and you actually save money. By doing this, and you create productive taxpayers typically. So they should do this to save money. If you're going to pick and choose tax cuts, why not keep the adoption tax credit? We'll talk about it some more on the other side and the Virginia governor's race when we come back.
It's 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Them's the numbers. Um, we'll get back to the adoption tax credit. If you want to keep it, um, text the word ADOPT to 52886. You can reach out to your members of Congress through the Action Center at the Resurgent to tell them to keep it. Um, I want to talk about the Virginia governor's race, which is the big deal. Honestly, I, I got to tell you, um, I have not paid attention to the Atlanta mayoral race. I suspect we're going to see Mary Norwood and someone get into a runoff and then Norwood loses to that person. Um, that's just tends to be how it goes around here. I don't know though. I really don't. Um, and I don't care. We're, we're not going to see a great mayor of Atlanta. I don't think, um, there are a potential for a good mayor of Atlanta, but I don't think we're going to get that person elected because it's Atlanta. Um, this goes back to my people are stupid motto. That's all I will say about that. Uh, the Virginia governor's race is intriguing. Because in that race, you have Ed Gillespie versus Ralph Northam. And Northam is an interesting character because he's running as a liberal Democrat, but he voted for George W. Bush twice. He voted for Bush in 2000 and 2004. Uh, and he moved to becoming a Democrat, a, more a political opportunist, it would seem. And a lot of liberal Democrats don't like him. Uh, there is a problem for him, though. And that is that um, a Latino group in Virginia ran an advertisement not against Ed Gillespie, but against Ed Gillespie's voters, who are also Trump voters. You've heard me talk about this ad. The, it was a Ford pickup truck. It had a Don't Tread on Me license plate on the front. Uh, Ed Gillespie bumper sticker on the back with a Confederate flag flying. And the uh, truck driver was trying to run over Muslim, black, and Hispanic kids in Virginia. And they were running the ad as a Muslim man in New York City ran over a diverse group of people in New York. So the way that the, the Democrats see Trump voters is in reality what a Muslim person actually did to Americans and others. And that ad has incited people in Northern Virginia, Republicans who don't like Ed Gillespie and do not like Donald Trump and are suddenly turning out to vote for him. Now, the polling has consistently showed Ralph Norman Northam ahead. And he's probably going to win. Uh, he's probably going to win because Virginia is increasingly a blue state and Donald Trump is president. And typically, whoever wins the presidency, they then lose the that party loses the governor's mansion of Virginia. Terry McAuliffe, uh, one of the few who was able to pull it off, and he pulled it off, uh, frankly, because Chris Christie screwed up uh, fundraising for Ken Cuccinelli with the RGA at the last minute. And Virginia was a very close race. We will see what happens there tonight. We will also see what happens in Georgia races. Um, but I'm much more interested in what happens in the Virginia race tonight. I want to play a clip from the president from earlier today in Korea. He was asked about extreme vetting of for gun ownership. You've talked about wanting to put extreme vetting on people trying to come into the United States but I wonder if you would consider extreme vetting for people trying to buy a gun. Trying to what? Buy a gun. Well, 
You know, you're bringing up a situation that probably shouldn't be discussed too much right now. We could let a little time go by, but it's okay if you feel that that's an appropriate question, even though we're the heart of South Korea. I will certainly answer your question. Uh, if you did what you're suggesting, there would have been no difference three days ago. And you might not have had that very brave person who happened to have a gun or a rifle in his truck go out and shoot him and hit him and neutralize him. And I can only say this. If he didn't have a gun, instead of having 26 dead, he would have had hundreds more dead. So that's the way I feel about it. And are you not going to help? And are you considering any kind of gun control policy going forward? And you forward? look at the, the city with the strongest gun laws in our nation is Chicago. Mm -hmm. And Chicago is a disaster. It's a total disaster. Just remember, if this man didn't have a gun or a rifle, you'd be talking about a much worse situation in the great state of Texas. Thank you. Amen. That was one of the best statements the person made. By the way, can I just say, so the president wants to go with extreme vetting for people who are not American citizens entitled to our constitutional rights. And some idiot reporter says, well, can we have extreme vetting for American citizens wanting their constitutional rights? That's not how she worded it, but that's that's the essence of the question. Extreme vetting. You know, hey, look, we had a, an instant background check and the guy should have failed it. But guess what? The government bureaucrats screwed up. And can I just ask a question? Uh, really, I don't I haven't seen anyone yet give us an answer to this. That is in any way, shape or form credible. You don't like the president of the United States. You think he is an authoritarian tyrant. And you want to surrender all of your guns to his government? Why? Why, hello there. I remember to turn my microphone on this time. In 2010... There were 80,000 attempts by prohibited people to purchase a firearm by lying about it on their 44734, form, which is the instant background check form. Let me tell you this number again. 80,000 people lied on their instant background check form in an attempt to purchase a firearm in 2010. 80,000 people. 44 were prosecuted. 44. Now, you and I know that there are probably, let's just take half. Let's let's say it's 40,000. Let's say half of the people who are accused of lying, they didn't actually lie. They, they forgot. They didn't remember something. They just weren't paying attention. They checked the wrong box. It was uh, an unintentional error on their part. That's still 40,000 people and only 44 prosecuted. And Joe Biden says that we couldn't prosecute, we couldn't follow up with legal compliance by the federal government, that it would have taken too much time. So, But they want new laws. And you got Jeff Flake out there saying, 
Um, we got to have a law that prohibits people committing domestic assault from Mona. We've already got that law. That law already exists. What we need is a law that says the military must promptly comply and put all this stuff in the federal system. And you know what? Ted Cruz and Chuck Grassley tried to get that law passed, and the Democrats filibustered it. You know, the Democrats filibustered that law. Uh, Cruz spoke about that earlier today. When we come back, I'll play the audio on that. Uh, And there's a jumping off point as well here. So much of what we're dealing with here with the new North Korean situation, the Saudi Arabian Iran situation, this gun situation in Texas. These are all the legacies of Barack Obama. And it's real funny when anything good happens today, the the Democrats, oh, this isn't Trump. This is all Obama. Uh, but these are the long-term fallouts of him. These are the long-term fallouts of Barack Obama's policies. And they're like, oh, we can't blame him. It's all Trump's fault. No. The, the, the Saudis are responding because of Barack Obama's Iran deal. That's what they're doing. The FBI screwed up and got lax in these uh, gun situations during the Obama era. The gross negligence of Hillary Clinton was amended and walked back by the FBI time and time again they've done this. Y'all, people really are stupid. I mean, you should not put your faith in humanity because people are stupid. The jury in the um, Bob Menendez trial, that's the New Jersey senator on trial for uh, bribery and all sorts of things, corruption. The jury has asked the judge in that case for the definition of a term. They want to know the definition of a word they consider important in the trial. That word? Senator. Yes, friends. The jury in the Bob Menendez trial, needed the judge to define the word senator. People are stupid. Oh, boy. We are less than an hour, in fact, 49 minutes away from polls closing in Virginia, the governor's race there, uh, as well as New Jersey. There's a governor's race there as well. At 9 p.m. tonight, President Trump is going to give an address from North Korea. Uh, Now, I want to play some audio from Ted Cruz from earlier today that uh, is a great jumping off point for a discussion here. This is Cruz earlier today. This should have been stopped beforehand. Under federal law, it was illegal for this individual to purchase a firearm. He had a conviction for a crime that's punishable by more than a year in prison, and he had a conviction for multiple domestic violence crimes. Both of those it's already ineligible. But several things happened. Number one, the Air Force, the Obama administration, didn't report those convictions to the NCIS database. That's an endemic problem. It's a problem with the federal government. It's a problem with the states. And so when he went in to buy the guns, they ran the background check and they didn't find it because it wasn't in the database. 
But I'll tell you, we could have prevented this in 2013 in the, in the wake of Sandy Hook. I joined with Chuck Grassley. We introduced legislation that was called the Grassley-Cruz legislation. And it was aggressive legislation targeting felons and violent criminals to stop them from getting guns. There were a couple elements of that legislation that were critical. One, it mandated that federal agencies, including the Air Force, report to the NCIS because that was a problem back then. But two, and this is an even more critical piece, if it had been reported to the background, to the background database, when he went into academy to buy this, this, the, the, these weapons, he lied on the forms. That is a felony to lie on those forms. The Obama administration didn't prosecute those cases. In 2010, 48,000 felons and fugitives lied and illegally tried to purchase guns. They prosecuted only 44 of them. You got those numbers? Y'all, we are dealing with the fallout from the Obama administration on so many fronts. And I know that liberals don't want to talk about it. They would rather blame Trump. But this was a failure of the Obama-era FBI and Air Force. This was a failure of the Obama-era Department of Justice. This was a huge screw-up, but it's not just that. There are other major screw-ups that could get a lot of us killed, frankly, and not by crazy people with guns, but by world war. Always makes me feel good when someone from another state sends me a note on Twitter and says, I listen to your show podcast. Thank you very much. You can get it by texting the word show to 444-999. We have a situation that is destabilizing in the Middle East. Saudi Arabia, uh, basically saying a state of war exists with Lebanon. We have the Iranian uh, unofficial newspaper saying that uh, Shiite rebels... Are launch, have launched missiles at Riyadh and are going to be launching missiles at Dubai, escalating a situation over there that the Obama administration, not only did they fail to deal with it, but remember, they gave Iran back all of Iran's money. And in giving back all of Iran's money, Iran was able to funnel that money to Hezbollah, a terrorist organization. No, no, Mr. Erickson, say the liberals. He, he, They specifically said they would not do that. You know, this is like abortion funding with Planned Parenthood. If you give Planned Parenthood a million dollars to fund uh, whatever they fund other than killing kids, that frees up a lot of resources for them to then kill kids. You give Iran a bunch of money to buy food for their poor and starving, it frees up all the money they otherwise would have spent to buy food for their poor and starving and send it to Hezbollah. It really doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that. Money is fungible. And that's what they've done. They're funding terrorists. And now they have more money to do it because of Barack Obama. And so Saudi Arabia is escalating the situation, forcing it uh, to come to a head because they are afraid of Iran's creeping dominance funding Hezbollah with a fresh cash from the United States. We've got the North Korean situation. The president tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern from South Korea is going to address North Korea. 
This situation is destabilized because George Bush, Bill Clinton, and especially Barack Obama, every time North Korea would saber rattle, they'd send them money. And it's all but clear now that this has been an orchestrated shakedown by North Korea, which is saying that they really hope the president will think carefully about his rhetoric and consider the starving people of North Korea. So they're admitting, now of course no one in North Korea will ever know they released that statement, but they're admitting the people in North Korea are starving. Why would they be starving in the communist utopia that Dennis Rodman says is awesome? Then of course there are our diplomats in Cuba who have been harassed and targeted, uh, sonic weapons used on them. There is the situation in Venezuela. All of these things are because of Barack Obama's abdicated American leadership, a failure to lead or a, a willingness to lead us in the wrong direction. But it starts domestically. Bo Bergdahl, who deserted other deserted the army and ran off to the Taliban where multiple soldiers were killed trying to rescue him. Gets no jail time. Devin Kelly, the monster who shot up the church in Texas, only got a year for cracking his child's skull and beating up his wife. But dude on the submarine who took a selfie, he got a year in Barack Obama's military. It seems like justice is upside down. Right is wrong and wrong is right. The world is on fire and so much of it is because of the failures of Barack Obama's foreign policy. And you know what's so galling about it is the left media is way more interested in propping up Barack Obama's legacy, defending his legacy, ensuring the pristine nature of his legacy than they are dealing with the truth. Because what is truth? we got a bunch of Pontius Pilots washing their hands of it because they're only interested in Obama's legacy. How many people are still to be killed on this planet because of Barack Obama's failures as president? It is arguable that because of the failures of his Justice Department, FBI, and military, 26 people are dead in Texas. By the way, do you know who one of those 26 people is in Texas who's dead? A child still in utero. A child in the womb is one of the 26 dead. So if we're talking about abortion, the left wants us to say that it isn't a human being. But if they're talking about their gun control agenda, why, yes, we're going to count that as another dead body so that we can get gun control. How convenient human life is to these people. Six after the hour, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I got to give a shout out to our friends at the Weather Channel. Yes, my friends, the Weather Channel, they, they, they deserve, I mean, they have taken partisan hackery to a new level, a level that I didn't know was possible uh, for anybody, uh, the Weather Channel website earlier today, a buddy of mine sent me a screenshot, and I'm trying to find it now, and now I can't. But they so Syria 
has signed the Paris Accord. For those of you who don't remember, the Paris Accord is the uh, vanity accord where everyone promises to commit their thoughts and prayers to climate change. And they're not actually going to do anything about it. But if you don't sign it, it means you hate the planet. And the Weather Channel earlier today noting that the United States is now the only country on Earth not committed to saving the planet. Because you know those Syrians and the Chinese and all the rest of it. Yeah, seriously. Um, it just is a just a bunch of hackery to say that the United States, because we are not on a meaningless document that somehow our lack of signature on a meaningless document means we don't want to be good stewards of the planet. We have a disagreement. It is a disagreement. By the way, the French are not inviting the U.S. to the latest climate uh, change discussions. Uh, Not that Trump or you should care, and the president does not care. He's made that very clear. Good. Um, it's just, it's meaningless. Listen, the thing with the Paris Accord is that you could set any goal you wanted, literally any goal you wanted, including do nothing. And you could then be declared a member of the Paris Accord and meeting standards, meeting the voluntary standards. You literally as a nation could say you were going to do nothing. And as long as you did nothing and just didn't make the situation worse, You were helping the planet. That's how ridiculous of a fraudulent document it was. Uh, But, of course, the left uses it as a weapon against everyone else to to presume that uh, without this document, uh, we must hate it. It's like when people, we we oppose certain things, like we oppose government-imposed equality. Well, you must hate equality. No, we just don't think it's any place for the government to be dealing with this stuff. Socialists, all of them. It's 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. We're about 20 minutes away or so from polls closing in Virginia, New Jersey, here in Georgia. We got city council race, the mayor's race in Atlanta, Roswell elsewhere. Uh, Lots of races. And I don't want to talk about any of them right now. I want to put there's a montage uh, some folks put together that I want to play for you right now and discuss. Just listen to this for just a couple of minutes. These God-fearing Christians were in church. They were already praying. Thoughts and prayers did not stop an oversight from the justice system which enabled a guy who attacked his stepson and assaulted his wife from getting a gun. Thoughts and prayers didn't stop a troubled person from buying assault-grade weapons that took the lives of 26 people in an instant. Uh, We see a pattern uh, in elected officials saying uh, we need to send our thoughts and prayers to the families, to the victims, uh, but then not proposing any action. And this morning, Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal of Seattle responded, they were praying when it happened. They don't need our prayers. They need us to address the gun violence crisis and pass sensible regulation. So Gail King said at the top there uh, that prayers and hugs are good, and nobody's going to argue that. Uh, Governor Abbott basically just said, pray harder, right. work with God. Is that all we can do here? No. Just we, pray? Thoughts and prayers are not enough. Moments of silence are not enough. Maybe, Mr. Speaker, instead of a moment of silence, the American people could get a moment of action. Now is the time for action. We are past the point 
of platitudes and prayers. And prayers. Send the people of Texas your thoughts and your prayers. But first, send them money. How about that? Yeah? Send them money. But right now, these thoughts and prayers and sympathies have become a, a, a mask for an action. Our thoughts and prayers are not even close to enough. I honestly do wonder, though, as a lawmaker, why is it why does it feel that nothing gets done? There are thoughts and prayers, and yet no laws get passed. Just this year alone, there have been 307 mass shootings in this country. Every time, lawmakers have sent their thoughts, they've sent their prayers, they've sent their condolences. So what's been done? Not a lot. You hear, and you hear the typical canned response from uh, the gun lobby po politicians, the, you know, the, the typical thoughts and prayers. Uh, our trader-in-chief uh, today said uh, this is a mental health issue, not a gun issue. What Congress does not have is the political will to act. My friends, this must change. Thoughts and prayers are not going to stop the next mass shooting. You know, we live in an age where people on the left are perfectly comfortable ridiculing those who pray and those who offer thoughts and prayers. Now, I do have a question. How many of those offering thoughts and prayers are really offering prayers? How, how many of them actually pray? Uh, I try to make it a personal policy when I tell someone I'm praying for them that I, I do. It is a Southern colloquialism, though, to just say praying for you without actually doing so. And I think you're under an obligation to do so. But I don't think you can underestimate the power of prayer. And I think a lot of the people in these clips uh, from Don Lemon at the beginning to the rest of them are, are essentially trying to ridicule people who are offering prayers to an almighty Many of the people, I'm sure, who were in those clips they don't even believe there is an Almighty, even though there is. And I think, just like I have said of, of some people who support the president on the right, that these people on the left continue to try to find political solutions to spiritual problems. Because it's what they're comfortable with. When government becomes your God, that's who you run to. A, a Christian who believes in the Creator runs with thoughts and prayers to their Creator to help them. Someone who doesn't but believes in government runs to government. And their thoughts and prayers are their calls to action. Uh, it it is, is an equivalent for a secular atheist. Uh, the equivalent screaming on social media, just do something, is the equivalent of a Christian praying except... Well, prayers work, and screaming just do something on Twitter rarely does. Um, you know, I put up a video on, on YouTube. Uh, I'll get it at theresurgent.com later. Just re basically kind of a review of what I said yesterday. For all these people who are saying, where, where is your God? How, I, how can He must not be real to let something like this happen. That's what people have said throughout history. When the Romans were nailing Christians to crosses and setting them alight to be street lamps for Rome, they were mocking them, saying, where is your God? When the Israelites were in captivity in Egypt, the Egyptians would mock them, saying, where is your God? Uh, throughout human history, the Judeo-Christian faith has been mocked that way. Where is your God? Well, he's on his throne, sovereign as ever. And all things still work for the good of those called according to his purpose, and we may not understand that purpose, we may not see the good, but he sees something there, and yes, he he did allow it to happen. Why, we don't know. But nothing, not, not a, a hair falls out of your head without God allowing it. And we don't understand why sometimes. 
in tragedy, and it opens us up to, to mockery by these people who ridicule thoughts and prayers. But we know there is a higher, better purpose, a greater purpose, and a plan. And though we should not put our trust in human beings, uh, we can put our trust in God and in his plan. Even if we don't know it or understand it, we get angry sometimes because we don't understand. But it doesn't mean he's not in charge. He's still on the throne. But we're not granted a reprieve from this world. He himself was not given a reprieve from this world. He himself made incarnate, lived in this world, was beaten, tortured, nailed to a cross, died, had a spear stabbed through his side, and was still able with his last breaths to say, Father, forgive them, and then conquered death. And we put our trust in him and know that our eternity is better than our now. If anything, it is an act of mercy by a sovereign creator who allows the people who mock him to have a good life now. They do get their best life now. <clears throat> the rest of us who put our faith in him, well, this is the worst we'll ever have it. So even though it's painful and miserable and people mock us and ask where God is, well, he's on the throne and one day they too will see him, whether they like it or not. Y'all, I, I just, every night now, maybe we need to do a segment called People Are Stupid, but that would be the whole show. A French atheist woman, she wants to be an American citizen. Well, she's suing the American, before even becoming a citizen, she's suing the United States of America. Why? Because of the citizenship oath. She doesn't want to say, uh, she didn't want to mention God. She doesn't want to say, so help me God. Now, never mind that the oath, she, clearly she's failed the exam because she's allowed to either swear or affirm, and she doesn't have to say, so help me God. Uh, she doesn't have to. Uh, there's actually, yes, that's the oath, but they don't actually enforce it. But yet she's going to sue to get it stripped out. Uh, you know why it's there? Because it wasn't in the presidential oath, and George Washington said it anyway. So help me God. It is an American tradition, which I'm sure she's clueless about. Uh, so we're going to allow a French atheist, and I'm sure that she will win because some left-wing hack that Obama appointed to the federal ju judiciary will look at it as a rebuke of Donald Trump. Now, we got three minutes till the polls close in Virginia, and things actually aren't looking good in the exits for Ed Gillespie. We'll see if he pulls these around. I mean, he's never been ahead of the polls, so nobody should be surprised by it, but... We'll see what happens. They'll herald it as a rejection of Trump, though, I'm sure, in a state that already voted against him for president.